Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. to Hebrews 4.16. So glad to have you join me again in another podcast. Today I'm speaking from Numbers 22, and I'm using the New Living Translation. Then the people of Israel traveled to the plains of Moab and camped east of the Jordan River across from Jericho. Balak, son of Zippor, the Moab, Moabite king had seen everything the Israelites did to the Amorites. And when the people of Moab saw how many Israelites there were, they were terrified. The king of Moab said to the elders of Midian, this mob will devour everything in sight like an ox devours grass in the field. So Balak, king of Moab, sent messengers to call Balaam, son of Beor, who lit who was living in his native land of Pethor, near the Euphrates River. His message said, Look, a vast horde of people has arrived from Egypt. They cover the face of the earth and are threatening me. Please come and curse these people for me, because they are too powerful for me. Then perhaps I will be able to conquer them and drive them from the land. I know that blessings fall on any people you bless and curses fall on people you curse. Balak's messengers who were elders of Moab and Midian set out with money to pay Balaam to place a curse upon Israel. They went to Balaam and delivered Balak's message to him. Stay here overnight, Balaam said. In the morning, I will tell you Whatever the Lord directs me to say, so the officials from Moab stayed there with Balaam. That night, God came to Balaam and asked him, who are these men visiting with you? Balaam said to God, Balak, son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent me this message. Look, a vast horde of people has arrived from Egypt, and they cover the face of the earth. Come and curse these people for me. Then perhaps I will be able to stand up to them and drive them from the land. But God told Balaam, do not go with them. You are not to curse these people, for they have been blessed. The next morning, Balaam got up and told Balak's officials, go on home. The Lord will not let me go with you. So 
the Moabite officials returned to King Balak and reported, Balaam refused to come with us. Then Balak tried again. This time, he sent a larger number of even more distinguished officials than those he had sent the first time. They went to Balaam and delivered this message to him. This is what Balak, son of Zippor, says. Please don't let anything stop you from coming to help me. I will pay you very well and do whatever you tell me. Just come and curse these people for me. But Balaam responded to Balak's messengers. Even if Balak were to give me this palace filled with silver and gold, I would be powerless to do anything against the will of the Lord my God. But stay here one more night, and I will see if the Lord has anything else to say to me. That night, God came to Balaam and told him, Since these men have come for you, get up and go with them, but do only what I tell you to do. So the next morning, Balaam got up, saddled his donkey, and started off with the Moabite officials. But God was angry that Balaam was going, so he sent the angel of the Lord to stand in the road to block his way. As Balaam and two servants were riding along, Balaam's donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road with a drawn sword in his hand. The donkey bolted off the road into the field, but Balaam beat it and turned it back onto the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood at a place where the road narrowed between two vineyard walls. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, it tried to squeeze by and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So Balaam beat the donkey again. Then the angel of the Lord moved farther down the road and stood in a place too narrow for the donkey to get by at all. This time, when the donkey saw the angel, it lay down under Balaam. In a fit of rage, Balaam beat the animal again with his staff. Then the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. What have I done to you that deserve your beating me three times? It asked Balaam. You have made me look like a fool, Balaam shouted. If I had a sword with me, I would kill you. But I am the donkey you have ridden all your life, the donkey answered. Have I ever done anything like this before? No, Balaam admitted. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the roadway with a drawn sword in his hand. Balaam bowed his head and fell face down on the ground before him. Why did you beat your donkey those three times, the angel of the Lord demanded? Look, I have come to block your way because you are stubbornly resisting me. Three times the donkey saw me and shied away. Otherwise, I would certainly have killed you by now and spared the donkey. Then Balaam confessed to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned. I didn't realize you were standing in the road to block my way. I will return home if you are against my going. But the angel of the Lord told Balaam, go with these men, but say only what I tell you to say. So Balaam went on with the Balak's officials. When King Balak heard that Balaam was on his way, on the way, he went out to meet him at a Moabite town on the Arnon River at the farthest border of his land. Didn't I send you an urgent invitation? Why didn't you come right away? Balak asked Balaam, 
Didn't you believe me when I said I would reward you richly? Balaam replied, look, now I have come, but I have no power to say whatever I want. I will speak only the message that God puts in my mouth. And Balaam accompanied Balak to Kirath-Hazoth, where the king sacrificed cattle and sheep. He sent portions of the meat to Balaam and the officials who were with them. The next morning, Balak took Balaam up to Mammoth Baal. From there, he could see some of the people of Israel spread out below him. So Balaam seemed to be the same kind of prophet. He seemed to be um, a prophet, and he was seen, and this was seen from Balaam's statement in verse 6. He had the ability to bless people or curse people, and it would happen. He also had a connection. We knew that he had a connection with God because he spoke to the Lord, and the Lord spoke back to him in this chapter several times. Balak even offered to Balaam um, for him to come to more to curse Israel. So we know that Balaam, prob- you know, probably he was able to see things and he, he knew things because God showed him and he was blessed of God to be able to um, bless people and to see and to talk to God. So when Balaam sought God, the Lord told him no, because the children of Israel were blessed by God and were not to be cursed. And Balak sought after him, you know, to curse Israel. But Balaam told him, he said, you know, he couldn't because God said no. Then Balaam told King Balak's people that the Lord would not allow him to go with them. Balak must have believed that Balaam could be persuaded with money and possessions, for Balaam did not give the king an outright no. He just said God would not allow him to go. So Balak sent more men, trying to persuade Balaam several times, and Balaam would respond, God would not allow me to go. So he must have known, Balaam must have known the power of God. However, at the same time, he kept asking God, as if to try to change God's mind as well. But as the word tells us, and we know this from scripture, that God is an unchanging God, and he always stands by his word. Balak kept sending, he kept sending more men, and instead of refusing Balaam, Balaam just told him to remain, or he told his men to remain, and he would see what God would say. So eventually, because Balaam kept going back back and waiting to see what God would say, and God just told him to go with the men and do, you know, but only do what I tell you to do. So Balaam got up, and he went to travel with the Moabite officials, but this made God angry with him for going with them, and he sent an angel to hinder Balaam's way. One thing I thought of, because I was contemplating about what, what was the significance of this scripture? And one thing I thought about was why was God angry? Finally, and why he finally told him to go. And then I thought about a child who kept asking his parents, can I go out with 
my friends, can I go to this party, can I go, can I keep, and the parent keeps saying, no, he tells the child, no, several times, but the child keeps asking and pressuring the parent, and the parent keeps saying, no, and then the child's friend will say, well, maybe you could still convince your mom, or you could still convince your dad, and the parent keeps saying, no, and then the child keeps coming back three or four times, knowing that the parent has already told them it's not a good idea. So after a while, the parent just gets frustrated and says, go ahead. So the child goes, and the child still knows the parent is upset with them for not heeding their warning and not making a good decision. So now that child is left on their own accord. This child is actually being disobedient, and Balaam was disobeying God. Even And God even put a hindrance in his way in the end and sent the angel of the Lord to block his donkey. And Balaam took out his sin on the animal. In the end, Balaam had to repent because he knew he was wrong. In the end, Balaam was permitted to go to the Moabites but could only speak what God wanted him to. We must obey God in all our ways. Think about times when we know deep in our spirits we weren't supposed to do something, and we can literally hear from God, don't go. You shouldn't do that. But we go anyway. God then puts roadblocks in our way to slow us down each time, and we know that we shouldn't go or do something. But then you say to yourself, oh, it'll be okay. And at that point, God lifts his hand of protection, and we go and we do what we want. And then we found, this is when we have found that we are in the most trouble. And things that start happening, things don't go our way, because we didn't heed the word of God. And we didn't heed when he told us not to go or not to do something. And John fourteen fifteen says, if you love me, keep my commandments. This is how we show love to God by following his word. Acts 5 and 32, God has even given his Holy Spirit to those who obey him. It says, and we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, who God has given to them that obey him. Okay, in Genesis 22 and 15 through 18, God blessed Abraham. He, he blessed his, his family. When the angel of the Lord, it says in verse 15, the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, by myself I have sworn, saith the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you and multiply And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of the enemies. Then in verse 18, it says, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Abraham obeyed God and by by building an altar, and taking his son as a sacrifice to the Lord. But Abraham trusted and believed God, and because of his belief, God provided a lamb for the sacrifice instead. 
God was just testing him. God was testing his faith. So when we obey God, God protects us. He protects our families. In Isaiah 119, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. How we show that we love God is through obedience to him. He protects us and he guides us. He protects and blesses our families. When we show obedience to him and when we obey God, we have peace even in troubled times. We have peace and strength to endure to the end. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word and understanding of your word. Thank you for all your goodness, mercy, and grace. As we live this life, Lord, teach us to obey your word. Open our ears and eyes to your direction, Lord. As we read the Bible, make your word plain so we may understand your will and purpose for our lives. Open our ears to hear when you speak. Open our hearts to know your voice. Let us be diligent in following you and obeying what you want us to do. Let not our hearts be hardened, but open to you and all that you have for us to do. Let us be children of obedience to show our love toward you. We give you our all. We ask that you keep us each day. Guide us. Give us wisdom as we go through this world. We love you, Lord, and we bless your name, for you are mighty. In Jesus' name, we thank you for all things, and we give you the honor and the glory, for there is none like you. Praise your name, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.